Welcome to On the Way with Tony Crisp. Each weekday, Dr. Crisp will be discussing biblical passages, people, places, and prophecies. Tune in daily to start your day right and deepen your understanding of how to better walk the way and enjoy the journey. Here's your host, Dr. Tony Crisp. Welcome to On the Way. This is Tony Crisp, and this is Podcast 360. Today, I want to talk to you about ritual. Now, I have a series in my 360 podcast that deals with rituals and routines that lead to righteousness. You can go back and look those up. I encourage you to do that because I want to talk to you as we go through this period of the Exodus about routine and ritual and religion. Now, please understand that I understand that much of what is called religion and religiosity is sickening. It is bad. It has even an evil connotation. But what we have done in the evangelical world, we have thrown out the baby with the bathwater. We are off balance. We are on tilt. And we have failed to see the good aspects of routine, of ritual, that leads to righteousness. Now, as we go through the Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, and Deuteronomy material, we're going to see all kinds of ritual and religious acts. Let me tell you, anything that God asks us to do is good. And it's for our good. And you and I don't have the authority to just say, well, all religion's bad. It's not. All ritual's bad. No, it's not. All of what people do is just a routine is bad. I want to remind you that not just in the Old Testament, not just in the Tanakh, but in the New Testament, the apostles were religious men. The women that followed Jesus were religious women. Now, whatever their background was, after they met Jesus, they became religious and they followed routines and rituals. And Jesus himself was religious. And if anyone tells you that, or you read a book that says that Jesus did not have the trappings even of religion, then they are either deceiving you, they are ignorant, or they're too arrogant to understand that Christianity arose out of the Jewish culture and the religion of the Jews, and that God has a plan and a purpose in ritual and routine. It was King David, the man after God's own heart. I think that is a pretty good accolade. Of course, I'm being facetious. It's the only time God ever said that about anyone. He said, he has a heart like I do. And yes, David was wicked. Yes, David failed. Yes, David covered up. But that wasn't the tenor of his life. That wasn't the habit of his life. Did he fall into great sin? Yes. And he sinned royally because he was a royal person, and he disappointed and caused shame and reproach to be cast upon the God of Israel. But God loved David. God had a plan for David. God still has a plan for David and his people, and God made a covenant, and God will keep that covenant in spite of David's sin. But David was a man after God's own heart. The Bible records that David himself said in Psalm 55, I think it's verse 17, where he says, 
every evening, morning, and at noon, I will cry out loud to God. I will cry out loud to God with my voice. He will hear my voice. Now, David, three times a day, stopped what he was doing. Now, by the way, he had a pretty busy schedule. And he stopped what he was doing long enough to talk to God out loud. That meant he probably had to get off by himself somewhere. He scheduled that into his day. Yes, he scheduled that into his day. You say, oh, yeah, but that's the Old Testament. Well, the Old Testament is filled with people who met God during rituals, religious rituals. Because after all, God is the one who designed those religious rituals. He's the one that set up these moed, the moedim. He's the one that set up what we call the feast and the festivals. What they are are appointed days, appointed times when God says, I have set up a time on my calendar and I expect you as my people to meet me there. You say, oh, but that's Old Testament. Let's let's not get into Old Testament. Okay, let's go to New. What about after Pentecost? First of all, Pentecost is a ritual festival. It is a moedim. It is one of those special appointment times. And what was happening at that time of Shavuot, the Feast of Weeks? They were meeting God in Jerusalem Just like Jesus had told them to do in obedience to Jesus, in obedience to the Old Testament mandates that were given to the Jews. As a matter of fact, Jesus himself observed all of these. Jesus even observed things that were not even Levitical, that were not even recorded in the Old Testament. That is his worship in the synagogue, his participation in the synagogue. Synagogue is not in the Old Testament. It's during the intertestamental period when the Beit Knesset came into existence. It was later called the synagogue, but it was the house of assembly. That started during the Babylonian period and really came to fruition during the Persian period of King Cyrus and beyond and the return. But the book of Acts, I think that is certainly something that we could say is totally New Testament. It's not just Gospels. In other words, it was not before the death of Jesus. It was not before his resurrection. It was not before his ascension. It was after that. And listen to what Peter was doing in Acts chapter 3 and verse 1. And this is excluding Pentecost itself, which is an appointed time, a religious festival. The Bible says it was during the hour of prayer. That Look at it. Acts chapter 3, verses 1 and 2. Peter and John were going up at the hour of prayer. Uh, the ninth hour, that would have been 3 p.m. That means while they were in Jerusalem and close enough to the temple, they actually three times a day went to the temple. Why? Because their entire life was built around prayer and religious acts. They were following in the footsteps of Jesus himself. And so if they could not get the temple, wherever they were, they would stop and pray. Now, listen, this is, Muslims do this. We continually hound them because why? They're wrong doctrinally. They're wrong. They're askew. They're off. It's not truth. Many times those who are part of the religious orders of the Roman Catholics and the Eastern Orthodox, many times it's just empty religion. We all know that. But let me say this to you. That that doesn't mean that everything that has to do with religion and ritual, because it has been abused, that we need to discard it and reject it. The apostles were going to the temple at the ninth hour at the 
3 o'clock. It was the time when it was normally a time of sacrifice, a time of prayer. And there you find the apostles. That's when, during Acts chapter 3, they healed the man who was lame. When was that? Why were they there? They were there because it was a religious ritual that they did. And lo and behold, God met them. God acted upon what they were praying and what they did during that religious time. What about Acts chapter 10? This was a Gentile. Cornelius, the first Gentile to be saved, it was at least eight to nine years after the resurrection of Jesus before Cornelius was saved before the first Gentile was saved. And what was Cornelius doing? Well, when you open up the Bible and read the first three verses of Acts chapter 10, he was a God-fearer and he prayed always. And about, look at this, about the ninth hour, about three o'clock in the afternoon. Now, why would he remark that he had been praying? He was always praying. And here it was, three o'clock, the hour of the Jewish prayer, at that time of the day, and he was praying. And what happened when he was praying at that ritualistic hour? Well, he had a vision about how to know how to know the Messiah. And that's when he was instructed to send for Peter. Now look at Acts chapter 10 and verse 9. Again, Peter went up on the housetop to pray about the sixth hour, about noon. Now, what was he doing up there? Did he just all of a sudden say, you know, I just feel led to pray. I'm going to go spend some time praying. Absolutely not. It was on his schedule. Now, whether you're a businessman, whether you are a homemaker, whether you are a school teacher, whether you are a pastor, oh, by the way, especially if you are a pastor, especially if you are a staff member, you need to lead the people that are with you and those who serve with you to understand that this is the way that we live. We need to schedule our time of day and our appointments around meeting God at an appointed hour. And then the other people that we meet with and have an appointments, we will have a better perspective on how to meet with them and how to lead them. Now, it's interesting that it is during these special times all throughout the Bible, it'd be a great study for you. Just go through and see always at these times when people were meeting God at the tabernacle, people were meeting God in religious ritual, people were meeting God at hours of prayer, people were meeting God in the temple, people were meeting God during a sacrificial period, whatever it was, you'll find that that is most of the time when you meet God is when you're doing something that he's already told you to do that's good for you. You see, God rarely gives light to someone who's not walking in the light they already have. I've often said after years and decades of pastoring that many times people won't know the will of God right up front, so they can try to negotiate with him. Well, God doesn't work like that. You see, if we're going to have God's best, we have to say, dear God, and just leave a blank sheet. And at the bottom of that page, say, I will do whatever it is that you said and write your name, sign your name before you ever know what it is. You see, God does give the best to those who leave the choice to him. If we're ever going to find God's will, we're going to have to be willing to do it before we ever know what it is. And the way that many times we find the will of God is through the ritual of reading the scriptures on a regular basis. Many times the way we come in communication and communion with God is we're reading his word. And as we're reading his word, we are praying it back to him. 
That's what David did over and over again. He was reminding God of what God said, and he would read what God's promises were to the fathers, and he would claim those promises. You see, if God says it, you can talk with God about it, and God is faithful. If it pertains to you, then God will bless your socks off. You see, God really is faithful to his word. And so today... Why don't you just take time to just pause, and if you can, if you're where you are or with somebody, would you just pause with them and maybe just say, I want to breathe a breath of prayer and just say, God, I want to confess to you that I haven't been as consistent as I need to be in praying, if indeed that's the case. Just confess it to him. Ask him to forgive you and give you a fresh start. He will. He'll cleanse you, and he will allow you to repent and to begin to meet God on a regular basis. It's sometimes, you see, when we spend time with God and we seek after him in ritual, sometimes it's just as dry as dust, I've got to tell you. You're just doing it because you know it's the right thing to do. Does God honor that? Of course he does. And God's not going to speak to you every time that you have the ritual of prayer or reading the scriptures. God's not going to give you some kind of miraculous appearance. Now, think about it. I would say that Solomon was a blessed man. Did he go astray? Yes. But the Bible says when he dedicated the temple, when he dedicated the temple, it was and God appeared to him. It was only the second time that God had appeared to him. That's what it says in 1 Kings chapter 9. God appeared to Solomon only twice. And then in chapter 11, when he saw what Solomon was doing in allowing the women, the ungodly wives that he had, to draw his heart away, then God said, I appeared unto you twice, and I told you not to do this. Now listen, all God has to do is tell us once. That's enough. But when God has a personal appearance with you, once at Gibeon, then at the finishing dedication of the temple. And later God said, I gave you two appearances in your entire lifetime. You met me. You talked with me. I appeared to you. And now the third time I'm appearing to you, I'm going to tell you that you're going to live and I'm not going to bring judgment in your day because of your father. But I'll tell you, you have lost this kingdom. And sure enough, at his death, the kingdom split in two. Now, what I'm telling you is Solomon was a man that God had blessed immeasurably. But he only appeared to Solomon twice. And then the last time he spoke to him, and so I figured that's three times. That was the last time God spoke to him and said, I won't be meeting with you again because I've told you, you have been given much and much is going to be required. It's not just like anyone else. And so all to say, let's meet God on a regular basis. And I want to ask you a question. Would you like to read through the key chapters of the Bible? I'm talking about just one chapter a day with me starting January 1. Would you like to do that? No, I mean, would you really like to just read one chapter a day? Now, you can read anything you want to on your own, but you and I are reading the same chapter every day. The key chapters of the Bible. It'll be 365 chapters in a year through every major passage in the Scripture. Now, some that you will call major, we will not hit. But I'm talking about every major character is going to be hit. Every major event is going to be hit. We're going to go through all of the 66 books of the Bible just with the key chapters. In some of the shorter books, we'll read the entire book because we must to get the storyline. 
But if you'd like to do that, let me know that some way. Just let me know. Just uh, drop me a text or, or let me know that because I am really looking at doing that this year writing every week something on the material that we have gone through together just so you can have something. And we'll go through the entire Bible and the key chapters of the Bible in one year. And why would I do that? Because I want you to learn the great drama of the ages. I want you to learn the story of God. Write to me, questions at TonyCrisp.org. That's questions at TonyCrisp.org. For On The Way, I am Tony Crisp. God bless you. Thanks for listening to On The Way with Tony Crisp. Tune in every weekday for information on biblical passages, people, places, and prophecies. Fridays are for your questions. Email your questions to questions at TonyCrisp.org. Then just listen for your question to be answered on Friday's podcast. That's questions at TonyCrisp.org. Thanks for listening and have a blessed day on the way.